0: Welcome to Flashpoint, the Fire Inside podcast, featuring leadership and team-building principles designed to ignite your inner fire and help you reach your full potential. On our program, you will learn from professional athletes, military and business experts, inspirational figures, leaders in the fire service, and other
1: top achievers who have reached the pinnacle of success in their chosen fields. And
0: now your host, international speaker and best-selling author,
1: Frank Fiscuso. Carly Lloyd. Honestly, first of all, I can't even believe that I'm having this opportunity to talk with you right now. I'm super excited because uh, I spend a lot of time helping people develop effective teams. And one of my favorite teams to watch in history has been your teams. And I mean, the passion, first of all, let me just talk about you. Passion is a word that I think of when I think of Carly Lloyd. I think of driven, I think of perfectionist, and I think of work ethic. And it's probably because I follow you on, on Instagram and I watch how you're training all the time. And I'm thinking, uh, you know, this, it, maybe it's a, a part of your blue collar New Jersey upbringing, and maybe you could talk about that. But, and let's just start with that. Where does it come from? Where does your drive and passion come from?
0: You know, it started from an early age. Um, I was a, a kid who just loved playing any sort of activity. Um, I was the gym class hero in school. We often had uh, field days. I'm not sure if they, they still currently do that, but um, I would I would be just uber, uber competitive um, throughout those, those uh, opportunities. And When I was younger, I, I, I literally picked up every sport, you know, football, baseball, basketball, didn't matter if it was uh, a male sport, a female sport. I just picked up, picked up everything. And if I couldn't do something right away, um, I would try and I would keep trying, you know, if I couldn't throw a, a spiral in a football first or second try, I would, I would keep trying until I got it. And I was, I was someone who, uh, wasn't afraid to try different things and wasn't also afraid to try something and, and sort of fail at it in the beginning. Um, and I just loved it. You know, I loved competing. Um, I was uber, uber competitive. I have a younger brother and a younger sister, and there was no mercy on them because they were younger. I just, I did everything possible to win. So maybe that is a little bit of the Jersey Philly mentality. Um, the town I grew up in in Delran, was a small working class neighborhood, blue collar working neighborhood as well. So um, yeah, it was just something I think that was kind of ingrained in me as a little kid and, and just continued.
1: And was it, was soccer the sport that you chose when you were much younger and say, this is the one I want to focus on? Was there a certain time you could identify that?
0: I think so, yeah. From what I remember, um, you know, competitively, I played softball. Uh, I also swam for uh, my local swim, swim club down the road for me. I did basketball up until my junior year of, of high school, and then I quit because of soccer. But even though I played all those different sports, um, I always had a soccer ball with me. You know, soccer soccer was it for me. And I, and I can remember from an early age just gravitating towards it like I said, practicing on my own. My parents didn't have to tell me, Hey, go practice. My parents didn't have to, you know, shuffle me out the door when I was getting ready to go to practice. It was, you know, my bags ready. My cleats are are all packed up, my balls with me, and, and I was completely just ready, ready to go. So I think, for whatever reasons that that love of the ball um was my passion and it it stuck with me um you know amidst uh trying and playing so many other different sports
1: that's awesome now the name of the podcast is flashpoint the fire inside podcast and the reason that we call it the the fire inside is cuz we're really trying to help people who are listening to this find their inner fire or reignite it uh, is the way that I like to say because it's easy that it's easy for life to beat you down, and I even know that you have, you have a challenge. I just saw on Instagram yesterday that you posted you have you're fighting through an injury right now, yes, uh, with your knee and and I have plenty of friends that are professional athletes that I know deal with the same thing. Whereas uh, I don't know any of my friends that compete at a level that you do that have not had to work through multiple injuries or challenges. How do you stay? How do you stay mentally focused on what you need to do and, and how do you overcome adversity and challenges like this one that you're going through right now?
0: Well, I think with age, with experience, I think you, you have a different mind, mindset when you're going through challenging situations. Um, no injury is ever a good injury. Um, I don't think injuries, you know, come at good times. I think it's, it's from within yourself to try to extract the positive lesson that you can learn from that, that instance. Um, You know, I've been through some, some really tough and challenging injuries. Um, I haven't been injured since 2017. So I'd like to say that I had, you know, a good run of, of being unscathed um, these last three years or so. And amidst this pandemic and, and all these things that are going on right now in our world, um, I guess it's probably the best time to, for me to be injured. Um, I'm home, yeah. you know, there's, there's not a whole lot going on. So for me, it's, it's knowing that I'm away from the game. I can't train. I can't practice. Um, it, it makes me miss it even more. It, it's going to make me even more motivated to come back and and come back better. And, that's sort of the, the mindset that I have. And I really believe that the more pa- positive thinking that you can have through a challenging situation, the better you're going to end up. And, you know, I don't know, I could get Zen on everyone, you know, but I, I think the, the positivity that you have in your mind, you know, can perhaps help in the healing process. Um, so it's important. And that's what I've done my my whole career. I've tried to Literally extract every different obstacle and struggle that I've had throughout my career, and, and come back and become stronger for it. Um, and and that's you know my focus right now is is to come back knowing I'll be better and I'll learn from this particular situation of how I can become stronger and better and and uh, you know push on for another another run towards an Olympics.
1: Yeah, you know, when you talk about mentally or or your focus on 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 being mentally strong what is it that you think about that keeps your drive like what do you focus on the end goal like to to be a starter on that field on a world cup to hoist a trophy uh, an olympic medal or is it just about that feeling of being walking on the field with the team for that event like do you have something that really gets you focused to go out there and train every day
0: well, I think, you know, when I started my journey in 2005 with the national team, um, you know, the goal was to, to become a starter, you know, that was my first goal yeah. the team and, and you have that 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 goal kind of tucked away in your mind. Um, and you have to work at it each and every day to eventually achieve that goal. Now you can't get too hung up on Focusing on, you know, I got to be a starter, got to be a starter and not live in the present moment and not mm-hmm. do what you need to do on a daily basis to, to be able to get there. So that was the initial goal. And then, you know, after that, it was remaining a starter and remaining a, a huge staple piece to, to the U.S. Women's National Team for World Cup Olympics. Uh, um, and then, you know, throughout my 15 year career so far, uh, it's to have been the become the best player that I possibly can. Um, right now, you know, my goals haven't changed as a player, you know, yes, I'm, I'm a bit older. Uh, yes, there's loads of people that, that think I, you know, perhaps still can't play. And, uh, yes, it's that the age factor that, you know, Tom Brady, I'm sure continues to hear on a daily basis. I mean, there's, there's all these things and, and what people fail to realize is that they're not me and they're not in this situation. And, you know, my focus is on what I can do every single day to become better. Um, my goal is to make another Olympic team, most likely that will will cap off my career. Um, I want to mm. be standing on top of that podium with my teammates and and doing everything possible to to help my teammates. Uh, you know, be in a good position to to win that gold. So. Within that, that long-term approach and that long-term goal, I've got these, you know, little, uh, little goals and short-term goals of, you know, tournaments coming up and friendly games and things that I want to implement in my game. And you just, you know, go out every single day and, and you work towards that. And if you focus on one day at a time, you compete against yourself, you focus on what you can control and, and focus on, you know, bettering yourself – ultimately you, you find yourself achieving those goals. Um, Now there's a lot of other things that need to come into play, but that's, that's sort of my focus. You know, nothing, nothing has changed. I want to give it my all my entire career. And when I eventually hang up my cleats, that's an opportunity for me to sit back and reflect on everything that I've done. But until then, I'm not finished and I still have a lot of work to do. Um, And that keeps me motivated to, to keep, Uh, grinding away every single day.
1: I'm I'm glad you said that because I enjoy watching you run on that field and uh, it's just such a thrill. I heard an interview with you recently where you talked about your personal coach who you met in 2003, I think. And at that time, you said you did not handle criticism very well. This is something I like to talk about, um, you know, in some of my books and seminars is how to criticize people properly, but more so how to respond to it. What did he do to help you respond to criticism better?
0: Well, I think, you know, I was someone up until that point who was extremely talented, who was, you know, street baller. Uh, I had a a bit of a street baller play within me from playing in the parks and playing with boys and and just kind of having that no fear mentality and uh, not fearing making mistakes and trying different things. So, you know, I had all that. I had the package. I had, you know, what people often deem as hard to coach. You know, I was competitive. I was dedicated. Um, I had love for the game, but what I lacked were many big things that would eventually make or break my career. And so when I met James, he told me the things that I was good at, uh, that, you know, technically I'm, I'm, pretty good, although I could get better. Tactically, I read the game pretty well. Um, but my character, uh, my my mental toughness, and my physical fitness ability were lacking. And it had been the first time I had ever heard a coach essentially criticize me. I think many coaches kind of put me on this pedestal and told me how great I was, and that was great. Uh, but eventually you get to a point in life where you sort of become stuck and you need something to push you over that edge. And that was what I needed. I needed somebody who was honest with me. I needed somebody who had a plan for me. I needed somebody who um, could help navigate me uh, to, you know, to just going through this career and and just kind of change my, my mindset. I I was very outwardly, I was, you know, pointing the fingers at other people and I was making excuses and not focusing on myself and not competing against myself and not controlling what I can control. So once I internalized everything and I started to reverse those things, I was seeing immediate impact. And, uh, you know, James helped me know what it's like to work hard every single day. I get out onto the field and it doesn't matter how many goals you score. And it doesn't matter, you know, any of that, you have to train your mind and your body to be able to work hard every single day. And so from 2005, um, my national team career and and meeting James in in 2003, it's just been this evolution, um, of continuous improvement and breaking barriers and, and nothing's really changed. Um, Aside from positional changes over the years, aside from my age, aside from uh, breaking down the game a little bit more, uh, but we're always, you know, fine tuning things that I can improve on and and I'm a sponge and I'm listening to him and and putting in the work. So it's a, it's a two way street here. If one doesn't work and the other does, it's not going to work, but we're, we're both out there working and um, that's what made our journey so special.
1: And I know he was with you from the start to the end of practices. And then there was a time when he just told you, this is what I want you to do and I'm not there. And you said that that helped you grow. Was it because, and I would assume it's because this is basically him saying, you don't need me to do the work because you're the one that has to put in the work. Am I correct in saying that? Was there more to it?
0: No. I mean, at the time I was a little confused. I'm like, you know, why isn't he going to come and watch me run? Um, You know, I was, I was sort of questioning it, but obviously years later, you know, James had told me, um, that was my plan all along. You know, uh, my plan wasn't to hold your hand throughout this whole process. My plan was to empower you to do things on your own, you know, whether it's snowing, whether it's really hot out, whether it's raining, whether the field is bumpy, um, you name it, find a way. I don't care. You know, and 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 that soon became uh you know, ingrained in, in my brain and and I just would go out and and I would do it. And I train in the morning, I train in the afternoon, or I train in the evening. It doesn't matter. You know, there's no set time where it's like, oh, okay, I, I can only train at 10 AM. No, I mean I've gotta I've gotta adapt. I've gotta be able to to train and play whenever um is possible. So he empowered me to, to do this myself because ultimately I'm the one out on the field. I'm the one kicking the ball and putting it in the back of the net I'm the one who is making tackles. I'm the one who, uh, is having to go through, you know, all of these, uh, challenging situations. So if I wasn't capable of doing these myself, you know, I would, I would never have truly great moments. Um, so that was a big, big change in in my mindset and, Um, you know, he offers the knowledge, eat good, sleep, the hydration, the stretching, um, the running, you know, working and doing things on your own. And it's up to me to implement and, and I've implemented everything that he's asked of me and that's what's, uh, made it work.
1: You've been a a high impact player for many years. I mean, some people, they don't handle that type of pressure that comes with that. Uh, Like I remember, and I don't want to say this particular uh, football player's name, but I remember a wide receiver on a team that I was a big fan of was getting double teamed and he was a marked player. And I just felt like he broke down at that pressure. He was getting frustrated, feeling like, you know, this one's holding him and that one's doing this. And why am I being double teamed? And I'm thinking he's being double teamed because he's one of the best in the world at what he does. But I remember watching this thinking, it doesn't seem like he's holding up well, but you do. What, how, does it, how does an impact player handle the type of pressure when you are, when you are marked? What, what goes on in your mind when you're training? Are you thinking, I have to prepare not just for knowing the game, but knowing that they're, that they're, they're out to stop me, not just the entire team, it's, if that makes sense?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's simple, but it's not simple. Um, I compete against myself. When you start to worry about the opponent, when you start to worry about who's marking you... Um, and all of these other things, it takes your mind away from the biggest thing you need to do, and that's perform. So when I have my best moments, I'm only worried about myself and competing against myself, and that's what makes it work. 2015 World Cup final, scoring three goals. I wasn't worried about who we were playing. In fact, I don't even know who was out on the field because the only thing that I saw that day was my team and myself and, and focusing on what I needed to do to help lift that trophy with my teammates. Um, And, and I try to, to do that every single time I step out on the field because that is the formula. And, and that is what makes successful people successful when they're not worried about other people. Um, That's, that's what people want. You know, they want to get into your head. They want to rattle you. Um, the media tries to do it, you know, teams try to do it, uh, you name it, everybody. But if, if you let that inside of your head and, and that negative talk and the worry, um, you're going to fail. So if you keep your mind filled with things that you need to do to focus, to perform and to play well, essentially, you, you most likely will.
1: I love that you just brought up the uh, 2015 World Cup because, and you, you don't know this, but I'm going to tell you something. I may be the human being, I'm, and I'm not kidding when I say this, the one human being on this earth that has seen that third goal that you scored or that goal from half court more than any other human being, and I'm going to tell you why. Because when I travel around the country and I talk about uh, leadership, team development, and some of the other things that I speak to uh, organizations about. I often show that clip almost every time. And I'll show that clip because what I love about it is it doesn't look like it was the only time you've ever taken that shot. So here's a a situation, and I'll probably loop that clip over this at some point uh, so people can see it. But uh, you look up, you see that the, the goaltenders may be a little bit too far out But then you go, you have to get that ball away from the defender. You focus and you take that shot and it is a perfectly placed shot. And I cannot help but to think Carly Lloyd has to practice that shot. Either she's just that good that she can do a shot from anywhere on the field or she actually practices that shot. So now I'm glad I get to ask you, did you practice that?
0: I did, yes. And, you know, that goes back to my childhood days of, of not fearing, trying things, you know, doing the, the not normal, the abnormal things, um, trying to be unique. I, you know, that was probably, I probably learned a little bit later in life that I can't just show up at a field and and start hitting uh, shots from 50 yards out because eventually when you get a little bit older, you're going to start pulling things. So I used to do it. I mean, every time I got to the field, there was nothing better than, Kicking a ball from fifty yards out, or as far as I could, and just seeing it just fly into the air and hit the back of the net. Um, so I tried it. I remember trying it in a scrimmage that I had earlier on in my national team career, and I almost got it. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, James and I would would practice. We would hit. Um, I would hit a a few shots from that distant, you know, nothing, nothing crazy. It wasn't something I did for weeks or months. It was just, you know, something that I had in my toolbox that I would be able Mm. to to pull out and and one day try. And I happened to pull it out in a world cup final um, to, to complete a hat trick. I I wouldn't say it was my best goal that I scored, but it was definitely my most impactful goal um, and something I'll, you know, remember and cherish forever
1: certainly a memorable goal without question. I like that you just said that, that you weren't afraid to try things. Uh, I, I just started talking to my, my two younger boys about this the other day because um, I'm watching this interview of a woman who's extremely successful in business. And she says that her father used to say to her at dinner every night and her brother, what did you fail at today? And he would actually get mad if they didn't have an answer. And if they said, well, I tried this and I failed, He would say great well how does it feel that you tried something new yesterday i had my boys out because i've been talking to them about trying something new i had them out at the beach and a friend of ours had surfboards and one of my boys says i want to try i posted this little video on uh, on the internet on facebook just uh this morning of him falling about seven eight nine times in a row and then riding the next three or four waves in and what i love about it is his face you know, I could see on his face how proud he feels because he just kept getting back up. So I appreciate you sharing that. Uh, another question I wanted to ask you about 2015, and this is something I talk about also, is I, I talk about this concept that teams fail when one person wants to take all the credit. In 2015, you're wearing the captain's armband. Abby uh, Wombat is, is on the bench, but she comes off for the last couple minutes of the game, And I know this is near the end of her career. And you run over and you take that armband off your arm and you put that armband on her arm. And I thought, that's a pretty awesome moment. And I think it says a lot about you, a lot about uh, your respect for each other, and a lot about the team. But I was hoping you could share what your thoughts are about that moment.
0: You know, yeah. I mean, for me, I'm not somebody who likes the spotlight. Yes, do I like to be the best at what I do? Absolutely. There's no question there. But to be in the spotlight and have all these people talk about me, I don't like that. You know, I, I like to just grind it out every single day and, and, and be the best that I possibly can and, and just be, you know, respected for, for what I do on the field. I remember, you know, Abby coming on and, and throughout the tournament, you know, Christy Rampone being our captain and and Abby, you know, pretty much a vice captain. Um, they weren't playing a lot of minutes throughout that tournament. So, you know, I was the next one in line to wear the armband, which was a, an immense honor that I never ever thought that, that I would ever captain the U S women's national team. So when that final was going on and she came on, um, it wasn't a moment for me to, you know, oh, look what I'm doing. Um, it was the right thing to do. And I wanted to do it. Abby has been a staple uh, of this team for so many years. She's been an incredible leader. She's been an incredible player. She's helped me grow as a player tremendously. Um, so she didn't want it at first. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Uh, I, I won't feel right about this situation if you're not wearing the armband. That's what my thoughts were. I didn't say it. I just took it off my arm and, and put it on our, her arm. And then when Christy Rampone came on, it was cool because Abby did the same thing with her. So yeah. it kind of got passed along. And um, yeah, I mean, I do things out of the goodness and the kindness of my heart. What I feel is right. Um, and that was a moment where it, I didn't even question it for a second. Um, it was what I wanted to do.
1: It was, a, it was just a great moment. And uh, I remember hearing her speak a little bit about how she wasn't sure if she was going to come out for the team or make the team. And then they said to her, if you do come out for the team, you'll be coming off the bench. And she made this decision that, all right, if I'm going to be there, I'm going to lead from the bench. And how, how important do you think it is that people embrace the role that they're in on the team? Because I know, listen, you have to, I should tell you my background a little bit. I coach uh, baseball, but I also coach a travel team. And sometimes when you're coaching a travel team, every parent thinks that their son should be starting for the New York Yankees in the shortstop position. And I'm trying to explain to them that whatever your role is, If you're playing right field, catcher, pitcher, it doesn't matter. That's the most important place that this team needs you. And you need to be prepared, even if you're sitting on a bench and you're going to come off, you know, in the fourth inning of a six inning game, you need to be prepared to just do your job at that point. Is that the kind of mindset that that they have amongst the team of of the women's uh, national soccer team?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I know that that, that last year um, leading up to the World Cup for Abby was was difficult. Um, she embraced the role. She, she screened. She led from the bench. Uh, she played her role. I remember her starting uh, some of the games and, you know, scored a big goal against Nigeria for us in, in the group play. So, you know, she played it perfectly. Um, and I think that Yes, you have to accept your role. Um, and for me, this last World Cup, you know, for three years, kind of, uh, you know, not being uh, a starter, I accepted the role. I respected the decision that the coach was doing, um, but I didn't stop competing. And I didn't stop believing that I deserve to be out on the field, given my performances. So, you know, you can accept it, but you don't have to like it per se. And, and for me, you know, for three years straight, I didn't stop competing every single day. My goal was to be the most hardest working player at every training session. And it's been cool because I've, I've had a couple of teammates, you know, tell me after the fact that, you know, that, that pushed me. Because, uh, you know, I saw you working harder than everybody else and not starting, but you still kept doing that. And, and, you know, it pushed them. So that was sort of my mindset through it. Um, Here we are, you know, for myself personally and the team, we have a different coach um, and, you know, it, it, it doesn't stop. You've got to compete till the end and, and do everything possible. Um, but also, yes, be accepting of, of any role the, the coach um, is going to ask of you.
1: You know, there's something I tell uh, the kids on all the teams that I coach, which is at practice, practice like you're trying to make the team. And during the game, play like you don't want to let your teammates down. And that's something that I feel that I see when I watch your team play. When I watch the Women's National Cup team, I'm, I'm just going to say this. I'm going to go on record for saying this. I often say, I wish the men had the passion that the women do. And maybe they do, but I see it more on your team. And uh, there's something I want to do right now that I'm so excited about uh, being able to, to do this. So, I'm going to ask you to just bear with me for a couple minutes because I wanted to ask you what advice would you give a young athlete who is listening that wanted to, uh, you know, play at a higher level and maybe go to college one day and play. I know you played for Rutgers. Uh, maybe even become a professional soccer player one day. But instead of asking you to answer that question to me, I actually have our neighbor here, who is uh, one of, first of all, their family, are, our, our, you know, best friends with our family. And uh, Addie here is uh, best friends with my two boys. And I'm going to ask her to come in, if you don't mind, Addie. Say hi to Carly Lloyd. She's been wanting to meet you so bad. And that's why I'm so excited for this. And and maybe you could just talk with her for a moment. Because I know she has a couple questions, but Addie, come here.
0: How you doing? Good. How are you? How old are you? Um, I'm 13. Nice. And you play soccer as well? Yeah. Cool. Um, Yeah. I mean, I would say, look, in today's day and age and the world we live in now, um, I think it is a little bit more challenging. I think that, you know, childhoods from my childhood to your childhood is is a little bit different. Uh, I think that, you know, there's not too many people who go outside and play with their friends. Um, for me, you know, playing pickup and playing with boys and, playing in the yard and and just being creative on my own uh, helped lay the foundation to, to where I'm at today. So it's really, really important to go outside as much as you can train on your own practice on your own. Um, It's not enough to to just train with your team and and think that you're going to be golden and you're going to be good. You've got to really individually develop your game as well on top of that. So it's all about clocking in as many hours as you can each and every day, um, and outworking all of your opponents. That's what's what it's going to take. And it depends on how far you want to go and uh, how far you know all the listeners out there uh, want to 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 be in their their specific craft. Um, but you've got to you've got to dedicate your your life to it. Um, that's that's what it's going to take. And yeah, so try to clock in as many hours as you can. Um, work as hard as you can and and just enjoy it as well.
1: Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Was, is there a question you would like to ask?
0: Oh yeah, I had a question. Um, what was like the hardest injury or something that you endured during your soccer career and how you got through it and how you pushed through it? Um, I've had a lot of injuries. Luckily, you know, nothing too majorly serious. Um broken an ankle, which was kind of a long recovery. It was probably a five month recovery or so where I was finally feeling back to normal. Um, other than that, a lot of broken bones, an MCL sprain one year. Uh, currently right now I've you know I've got a bit of a, a knee thing um, an irritation going on. And this has been difficult because I really haven't had pain associated with it. And usually all of my injuries have had pain. So usually you can manage pain by not doing certain stuff. But for me, um, I don't have pain. I just have swelling in my knee, um, which, again, isn't something you want to train on. So I've been trying to navigate this. Um, It's been really difficult because, like I said, I've never... I've never gone through something like this, but I've been really trying to stay positive. And um, I've been doing a lot of pull-ups and push-ups and abs and and working on other things that I can, Um, getting to spend a lot of time with my husband, obviously, because of COVID-19 right now. Um, So there's a lot of positives. You know, I'm I'm missing out on our NWSL tournament that's starting in about a week, less than a week. Um, But I can't change it. I I just have to look forward and and try to remain positive. So um, I will be itching to get back onto the field as soon as I can and um, wait until then. Thank you. you Oh, yeah.
1: Um, Who did you look up
0: to growing up? Like, who did you want to be or aspire to be when you were younger? Um, You know, for me, it was – it was a little bit different because we don't have a lot of live female role models. Um, you know, and nowadays it's, it's a lot different, but for, for me, it was probably Michael Jordan, believe it or not. Um, he was something, someone that, that I looked up to tremendously. Um, Michelle Akers, who was also the number 10 on the U S team,
1: um,
0: and really the 1999 world cup team. Uh, but yeah, it was, you know, I loved, everybody
1: loved michael jordan yeah uh, did you watch that last dance documentary about i did him?
0: yeah it was fantastic
1: it was amazing i mean that's the best thing that came out of this whole COVID 19 was we all got to stay yeah. home and watch that and learn exactly. uh, and uh, at least let my kids and and addy's generation see uh you know th- what he was all about because that was tremendous to watch uh Let me ask you one last question, Carly, and I'm so grateful you took the time to talk with us, but what are your plans for life down the road after soccer? Are you going to coach? You know, what do you have in mind of what you want to do?
0: You know, kind of leaving all my options open. I think the biggest thing for me is uh, my husband and I want to start a family and um, Mm -hmm. obviously my clock's ticking a little bit on that. So um, I'm hopeful to, to make another Olympic team. Uh, you know, hopefully, one more year to to give it everything I've got, and then uh, turn my attention to you know to to being being here and being in the moment. And uh, you know, I know my husband's been a an amazing, unbelievable supporter of mine in my life, and uh, I couldn't have done this journey without him. So it'll be time for me to turn my attention to him um, and make him my my number one priority. Um, but I I don't know that I'll be particularly coaching. I'm not sure that I'm super passionate about that. I really like, um, you know, speaking, doing, you know, motivational speaking to try to help people to try to, you know, explain to them my journey that I've gone through that hasn't been easy um, and hopefully change lives in that regard. I'll, I'll most likely stay involved in the game in some capacity Um, You know, I really uh, am kind of, you know, keen to kind of help develop the game uh, as well. So we'll see. I think, you know, the the other biggest goal is, you know, to not have to travel as much as I've traveled my entire life. So uh, I want to savor every moment of of being able to be home. And um, yeah, so we will, we shall see what happens.
1: I know your husband, Brian, he's a a golf pro, but you, you were high school sweethearts with him, right?
0: Yes. Yeah. We've been, uh, we've been dating a long time. Yeah. So it's been, it's been good. And I think golf is probably one of the the next sports I'm going to take up a lot. I think uh, we'll probably, he's a member, uh, you know, obviously golf's a lot, but I think we'll, we'll probably do a family membership and uh, golf may be my next competitive sport, because I think as my husband says, I'm going to need something to keep me busy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's great. Well, listen, Carly, thank you so much. How how can people get a hold of you? Like, do you have a, a website that they can visit if they wanted to pick up a Carly Lloyd t shirt or uh, or game shirt or something like that?
0: Yeah, you can go to my website, carlylloyd.com. dot com. Um, I do do clinics, obviously, amidst this you know pandemic. I'm hoping hopeful to get a, a couple of clinics in before the end of this year. So that information will be on my website. Um, I also have a CL10 online store where you can get some, you know, swag and uh, we'll probably be updating some, some items as well. Um, but yeah, all information on my website and um, any questions you have, you can enter them and submit them there and, and get on the uh, mailing list as well.
1: Carly, thank you so much. You have a great day. Thank you for your time and good luck with everything. And I look forward to watching you in another cup.
0: I appreciate it. See you, Addy. Good luck with everything.
1: Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.